today, I want to start off with our vision for next year. For next year, this year. Forget next year, this year, 2021. I want to start off with our vision is for 2021, and that is activate. Our word for this year is activate. And we're going to be reading in a second from Isaiah 52, verse 2. That's, our, that's our, our word for this year. Now, we do this every year. We try and come up with a word or what we feel like God is telling us for the following year. And for months and months, we've been praying and fasting and really meditating. What is it that God is calling us to do? And for last year, I really felt a deep burden about 2021. And that burden was that in 2020, we had both an opportunity and a revealing of where the church universal really is at. How is that so? Well, it's an opportunity in the sense, it was an opportunity for us to adapt to our environment, to the change that was brought by the challenges that were brought to us where we could learn how to reach more people for Christ and also remember why we do what we do, right? What we do is not just to teach or to make people feel good about themselves, but it is to do two things. It is to win the loss to Christ and to help disciples to learn how to walk with Christ. It's even in the purpose of our church. What is our, what is our, uh, what is our purpose of our church? We call it gather, grow, and go. Gather together, grow, and then go out and do something, right? Go out and do something for the body of Christ, for, the, for, for, for those that are lost. We are called to win the lost and to teach disciples how to walk with Christ, to win and to walk, to win and to walk. But in 2020, it was also a revealing to us that the whole church wasn't ready for the opportunity that was actually given to us. The whole church wasn't ready. Our church, other churches around America, churches in other countries, I've talked with so many churches and I'm telling you, one of the things that we revealed and we saw through this whole 2020 is that the church was not, the whole church was not ready for the opportunity. Do you mean that we weren't ready to broadcast online? No, I'm not talking about digital broadcasting. I'm talking about that we weren't ready for the opportunity that was placed before us. In fact, let me switch examples that I think is very correlative and parallel. Do you know that last year was one of the best years that you could ever have made money last year? There were so many people who were like, oh, I just, I've lost my job. I've been furloughed. I don't have enough money. I need to get some money for the government. And I get it. Many of you went through tough times. I'm not here to condemn you. But you realize that there were many people who actually made more money than they've ever made last year. How is it they didn't and you didn't? I'll tell you how. They were ready. They were ready for the opportunity. They had prepared themselves financially. They had prepared themselves with a, a, a certain amount of investment that when the opportunity came along, they were going to take everything they had, dump it in the stock markets, and they were going to make up to 30 to 50%. I had some of that money. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't have all the money in the world that I wanted to do and invest it, but I had a chunk of change. And when I saw the markets go down, I put the money in because I have very good advisors. And I saw more money come into me because I was ready for the moment. The same is true for the kingdom of God. Many of us weren't ready for the opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God, to invest in the world and see some return for ourselves. Many Christians don't have even evangelism in their heart. They don't know how to invest into the potential of the harvest for the kingdom of God. 
In the same way that many of us weren't ready to invest into the stock markets, we weren't ready to invest into the kingdom of God when the opportunity came along. Well, Peter, this doesn't sound like a very encouraging word today, does it? Listen, the word I believe is that God is telling us that we have to activate the believers. We have to activate the believers. I was in a toy shop the other day and I saw a little car like this. That was in a toy shop. And this little car is symbolic of, you know, of course a child will take this and they'll just broom, broom, broom around. This little toy is symbolic of living in the world, of running with the world, of actually moving around in the world. But this toy, does anyone know what this toy is? Does anyone know? Who, what? Transformer, that's a very vague term. What transformer? Bumblebee, everybody loves Bumblebee, right? Look at this. There's Bumblebee, he's already talking to me and flashing, look at that. This toy was always Bumblebee inside, right? It's Bumblebee. Going to kill some crime, it just said. Okay. This is Bumblebee. And everyone knows Bumblebee. Everyone knows the Transformer, right? Everyone knows the Transformer movie and all that type of thing. The problem I think has happened to many Christians is that we were actually designed for something greater. We were designed for a greater war. We were designed for something beyond this earth. And yet we're still stuck in just being a part of this world. We're still stuck being transformed to the image of this world. We have to wake up. And if you are woken up, then you've got to shout the clarion call to the rest of the Christians and the rest of the believers that they must wake up too. Or we're gonna be stuck always being tied to this world, always being conformed to this world. Optimus Prime used to tell his Autobots, he said, Autobots, transform and roll out. Go out there and get something done. You were called to something greater than just driving around and being hooked to this world and being driven by this world and being transformed to this world. You're stuck in the state of a car in this world, but you were made for something greater. Autobots were designed for a war that was beyond this world. Christians were designed for a war that is beyond this world. Christians are designed for the kingdom of God, not being stuck to this world. It's time to activate. Christians, activate and roll out. We're made for something greater. I wonder if sometimes many have looked at the church or 2020 and saw how churches were shut down and how can they tell us what to do? The government can't tell us what to do. And we treated it either as an unfortunate series of events or we've treated it that it's persecution, but it was never persecution. Can I tell you why it's not persecution? Because the church always grows in persecution. The church always multiplies and grows. And when people get persecuted and suffer for the kingdom of God, all they do is grow in more joy. And the world looks at them and goes, we can't stop their joy. We can't stop them from multiplying. Even hurting them or killing them is not killing the church anymore. It's multiplying faster than we can start killing them. It was never persecution. Let me tell you what it was. It was a sedation of the church. It was a putting to sleep of people and culture. We are more attuned to masking up than we are suiting up for the armor of God. How many of you gone to a store, walked up to the store and went, I forgot my mask. I forgot my mask. You walk back to your car and get your mask, but you actually got up that morning, you didn't go, I forgot my suit of armor. I forgot my calling. 
I forgot what I was called to. I forgot that I was made for something greater than just roaming around this earth. I was made for something that is to battle for souls for the kingdom of God. I forgot that my job isn't to make myself safe or happy or comfortable. My job is to suffer for the kingdom of God, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that on the day that my judgment comes, I'll be able to look at all of those that I reach to and say, I'm so glad I gave my life for you. You see, if God is willing to sacrifice his own son upon a cross, why do you think he's not willing to actually sacrifice his next son and his next daughter? For the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why he told us to take up our cross. We're not prepared because we didn't deal with things that should have been dealt with in years bygone. There are things that we still haven't dealt with, things that are to do with your family, with your upbringing, with your fears, with your emotions, with whatever it is. You keep resisting and not doing it and not doing it and not doing it. When the opportunity comes to invest in the market of the kingdom of God, you don't have any investment because you haven't changed your lifestyle. You haven't gained anything within your life. You have no investment that is built into your life because you're still dealing with all the junk and all the debts that you have from your past. Hello? All your spiritual debts. Are you hearing me now? This is the time, if I had spoken this word two years ago, this would not have been heard properly. But because it's in context of what happened in 2020, I believe it's now time for the church to hear it. Now let's follow this. We're gonna read from Matthew chapter 25, verses one to 13, because Jesus already told us this 2,000 years ago. And he told us this parable, and a parable is the principle of heaven put into story form. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. I get it. We don't have 10 women marrying one man anymore. I get it. Remember, this is just a parable. They came out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became, what does that word say? They all became sedated. They all became asleep. They all became sleepy. Now I'm not just talking about only a few of them. I mean, all of them were sleepy. That's fine. I'm not here to blame us for the difficulties that we went through in 2020. But the question is, were we ready to come out of 2020? Were we ready to awaken when the bridegroom came? They all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. Did you see that, right? So the ones that weren't prepared ran to the other ones that were prepared and said, give us more faith. Give us more encouragement. Give us more help. Give us more comfort. Give us more counseling. Give us more, give us more, give us more. Guess what their answer was? No. This is Jesus' story, remember. No. I'm telling you, Christians, you're watching me at home, the day is coming where you'll have to rely on your own relationship with Jesus Christ. You're no longer a grandchild of the Father, you're a child of the Father. You have to have a direct relationship with the Holy Spirit and with God Himself. 
It's not that you don't have brothers and sisters to encourage you along, but you can no longer live your faith through other people. You have to live out your own Christian faith. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Go do what you should have already done. Finally, they're like, let's let's go do what we should have done. Let's let's try and catch up. But the question I have is, will you be able to catch up? Will it be too late for you to try and get your faith in order before your children have grown up and they've walked off and decided to follow their own path and don't know how to walk with God because they didn't see you doing it? Oh, but now I'm walking with God. That's great. But now they're adults and they've decided they don't believe in God anymore because they didn't see you do it. I went to church. I said my prayers, but they didn't see you change. Change is the evidence of your faith. Pursuit is proof of your desire. Jesus continues on. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, not coming back from bought their oil, but already on their way to buying the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was click, shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. No, I, I, used, to, I used to come to church. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you coming, but I don't, I don't remember you having a relationship with me. I don't know who you are. Therefore, keep watch, Jesus said, because you don't know the day or the hour. It's time for us to wake up as a church. And maybe some of you have been generous and you have been useful. You have been working in the kingdom of God, but you still feel like you're still awake. You're still asleep. You still feel a little sedated. You still feel a little drowsy. I'm telling you, now is the time for the church to awaken because we can't afford to have the door locked on us. And to think that Christians will not have the door locked on them is foolishness because those were were virgins that were committed to this bridegroom, that were waiting, that were desiring to actually be married. But it came the very day when they were meant to be ready and they weren't ready. Many of us, even at home, You're not ready. You're still asleep. Even as you went into 2021, you felt a little drowsy from 2020. You felt a little drowsy from all the the partying. I'm telling you, it's time to wake up. Here's our scripture for this year. The scripture of, I believe, encouragement, but it's a scripture about preparation. We're gonna be reading from Isaiah chapter 52. Let me give you a quick background on Isaiah 52. This is when the Jews, um, about seven or 800 years before Jesus came along, the Jews were actually, they rejected God. They stopped walking with God. They were just doing, they were going through the motions, but they didn't have any real relationship with God. And God said, you're on your own now. And eventually what happened is this nation called Babylon came in, which is actually present day Iraq. And the Babylonians came in and they captured them, took them into slavery, and then they took them back to Babylon. In fact, I remember a famous, song by Bonnie M, I think it was when I was a kid, called By the Rivers of Babylon. Anyone remember that? No? Okay, too old. All right. I'm too old. That's all right. But it was written by this guy called Isaiah. Isaiah Ben Amos was his name. And what he does is he writes this whole, this whole uh, prophetic book 
and it's about, about God speaking to his people. And at times he's speaking like a husband and at times he's actually speaking like a wife. But we're actually gonna be reading from chapter 52 where it's like a husband that is assuring his wife of what is about to come. And as he's assuring her, he's assuring her that she will have children, she'll have a husband, and she will have a home. Now, why would he do that? Because in those days, those things were the, the signs of a woman being wealthy and loved and blessed in life. And they may go, but, but where's her job and blah, blah, blah. Remember, it's in those days, right? We're reading into that time there. And what he was saying was, you will have children, which is saying you'll not be barren anymore. There'll be no more barrenness, no more fruitlessness, no, no more just wandering around trying to figure out what your purpose is. He'll say, you'll also have a husband, which means you'll not feel lonely, you'll not feel insecure, you'll not be abandoned. And the last thing he says, you'll have a home, which is what Pastor Mark was talking about last week when he was talking about having a place of provision a place of provision, a source of provision in your life. And here's the scripture we're gonna read from Isaiah 54, verse two, and it says this, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Let me look at these things very, very quickly, one by one. The first one is enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. That's basically saying prepare for more. Last year, our vision was ask for more. Ask for more. 11 times in Scripture, it says, ask for whatever you want and it will be given unto you according to the will of the Father. Ask for whatever you want. This year, I'm telling you, God is speaking to us, prepare for more. Make preparation like the stock market is gonna crash, like the world is gonna crash. Make preparation and prepare for more. The next one he says is stretch your tent curtains wide. That is a welcoming thing. Say, your, your, your doors are closed. You're too busy peeking out through the curtains going, I wonder what's happened with the neighbours. What's happening with them? Throw them open. Throw them open. Become a source for your neighbours. Become a source from your family. Become a source for your workmates. Start speaking the word of God and welcome people into the kingdom of God. It starts with you. You are the gate. How many people have you prayed for this year? How many people have you shared the gospel of Jesus Christ this season? What about last week? How many people did you speak to about God that wasn't already a Christian? Throw open, stretch wide your tent curtains. Stretch them wide, he says. Do not hold back. I find that really interesting. And that's such an interesting petition that he's saying, and don't hold back. Why would he say don't hold back? Because they were asleep because they were captives, because they were so used to being restricted. They were so used to being sedated. They were so used to not doing something. He's like, don't hold back. Don't go halfway, a quarter way. Go all the way in. This is the only way to live as Jesus Christ left. And then the last thing he said was, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. What does that mean? And these, your cords, or the cord from the tent went down to the ground. There's a big stake that is in the ground and cords keep the sway. They keep hold sway of things. They ground you. They keep you connected to truth. But the stakes are what you're invested in. What are you staked in? What's your stakes put in? Is your stakes only put in getting retirement for yourself? Is your stakes only put in to how you can survive this economy? Is all your energy, all your emotion, all your investments, all your stakes are put in to the middle of what works here on earth? Because you're still acting like a car. 
I'm telling you people, you're called for something greater. You are called for something greater. You are something greater within this earth form that you're already a part of. Whatever you're designed and you look like, something inside of you is greater than what people see when they look at you. It's time for that to come forth and to come out and to wake up, to become unsedated and be the Christians we were always called to be. I don't wanna look at churches from around the world in China and in Iraq and Kazakhstan and in, and, and, and in places like Ethiopia where they are being killed for their faith and then wonder what happened to the American church. What happened to us that we became so comfortable, so sweet, so offensive, easily offended? How is it we have become so useless as a church? And this is not a condemnation for all the wonderful things that you have done. But I look at some of my brothers and sisters around the world and see what they're doing and what they have. And I go, I want that. I want the spirit that they have. I want the tenacity that they have. I want the vision. I want the thick skin. I want the ability to have a joy that can overcome all difficulties that come our way. You had a bill last week that was a bill that you weren't expecting to pay. You had a difficulty last week and it took your whole week down. Couldn't pay that bill. Oh, I was really depressed this week. Really? Is that what we become as Christians? Are we the type of Christians that are walking by faith and saying, it's not my bill, it's not my life, it's not my house, it's not my car, it's not even my family. This does not belong to me. It belongs to the kingdom of God. God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do today? What is it? What is he calling me to do? I'm fed up of whining and being tied to this fleshly world. I wanna be done with that. Best way you can do it, start fasting. Start fasting. Start giving up the things of this world then and start living by the Spirit. Let's stand this morning. Father, forgive me if there's anything I've said that has not come from your mouth. But Lord, anything that has come from your mouth, I would pray that it's like a hot sword that sears and sizzles and cuts like a knife. Oh God, forgive us, Lord, for being sedated, for being drowsy and sleepy because we were wondering when you were coming and when you would move in us and through us. But Lord, your time is your time. We can trust you. We can trust you. That what you said you're gonna do, you're gonna do. We can trust you that you're a good God, that you've not forgotten us, you've not abandoned us. We are not barren. We are not without provision, but we have a good God. Lord, I pray you would help us to suit up for the war, to suit up for the harvest, to suit up for the harvest. The fields are white unto harvest, to get out there in 2021 and become everything you've called us to be. Christians, activate and roll out. Activate and roll out. Activate and roll out. May God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you.